Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is energy, and that energy is interconnected and interdependent. In essence, that energy is one, and we are all connected to that one. Um, Ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons. Now science is just catching up. But it's actually not new science. This science of quantum physics is over 100 years old. So it actually should be mainstream science at, at this point, but it, it's not. But, but we're working on that. Um, so in truth, what you do to another person, you are literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Okay, sorry about I think there's a little feedback, but that's okay. All is good. Today's show topic is Awaken the World with Daniel Smith. Thank you, Daniel, for being my guest on Awake to Oneness Radio. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Daniel, please, I discovered you on YouTube from your wonderful um, documentaries. You have two, may have more, but I've seen two on YouTube. Can you please share with our listeners how you became to do this work that you're doing now? Sure, okay. And I, I think, um, you know, the, the explanation of that is, um, is connected to my, my own awakening as well. Um, so, you know, I was, I was very kind of um, enmeshed in, in my life in the matrix um, just just going about um, you know life and uh, you know there I've, I've done different interviews talking about um, this you know thing that happened to me but basically I got very sick um, and um, my mind my body were just out of whack and um, out of desperation I got into meditation um, just to try and find the off button for my mind I, I just wanted to have a, a little bit of peace and I thought you know maybe maybe this meditation will help me get some sleep I had insomnia all this stuff and um, and I had an awakening experience of my first meditation 10-day retreat and uh, um, you know so I, I um, you talked a little bit about um, you know the oneness like in quantum physics like everything is is literally connected there's there's this kind of quantum entanglement you know, one mind. So I, I experienced that directly. Um, there was there was a sort of blending or letting go of the dam structure, in, and um, and and I sort of merged with with one mind. And um, this wasn't at all on the radar. I'd never really had any interest in awakening or or any any kind of spiritual stuff. I'd kind of rebelled against it my entire life. Um, and it, it literally woke me up like out of the dream and, and my life was, was changed after that. I realized that, um, there's, there's so much more to, to what we are, um, than, than this limited, um, self-structure. And, um, you know, so for me that it, it was an experience. So, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, a permanent state. So I had a little taste of that. Um, that awakened state at that time, and um, that was more than 20 years ago now. 
and and it's been a, a journey to integrate um, and I've had countless little awakenings and other things experiences that have happened but um, to me I, I would describe my journey as um, you know the, the there's a development process that that happens when we when we have these um, awakening experiences and um, you know it's like a rewiring and um, you know it's whatever that higher realm is it starts to inform what we are and um so i'm you know i'm a continuous work in progress always evolving always changing but also at the same time um i've never um since since that awakening never um uh, you know I, I realize i'm not this limited Yes. Okay. I'm glad because you had started sharing about the awakening and and it wasn't until later on. I was about to ask you how long ago was that? And you said 20 20 years ago, which was Mm -hmm. great. So Mm -hmm. so that was like, do you remember the year about? Um, I I would say 98. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, that's amazing because you're saying from your first meditation, the first time you tried meditation you mm-hmm. had this awakening That's yeah amazing. yeah it's um you know they they in zen they talk about um beginner's mind you know and um uh, i really i had complete beginner's mind i went into that retreat with um no knowledge or no understanding of what i was doing and um you know the, i don't know if you're familiar with the vipassana meditation um, but it's it's quite arduous. Um, like you you sit for long periods of time, and um, at this point I had rheumatoid arthritis through my entire body, so I was I was in excruciating pain. I, I probably couldn't have been in more pain. Um, so um, you know the the practice is to remain equanimous with with what it is. Um, just accept accept what's happening on on an inward level. Um, so surrendering, you know, um, and, but at the same time being, being present with what is. And, um, so the, the teacher was, was giving these instructions and I, I just followed it. I didn't, I didn't know enough, you know, about the path or anything to question it or, you know, I, I literally had, had so little knowledge. I just did what he said. And, um, and it was amazing. It, um, you know, it pushed me to 100% of what I could tolerate and and um to the point where you know i i came up against serious resistance so i i I wanted to actually leave the retreat because you know everything in my my little self my self-structure wanted to get the hell out of there and it was was intolerable to because it felt like that part of me was dying and um so something made me stay and i'm not sure what that is you know it's a good question i think you know, because um, it's not it's not the limited mind, obviously that that chooses that path to chooses that to go into meditation, right. and, um, because you know it's that limited mind that actually lets lets go and lets go of its control. Um, yes. So so you know whatever that was, you know, higher will or grace or something made me, um, you know, persevere and stay and. Um, and, uh, you know, so, um, and, you know, having that experience, it's interesting, um, you know, because the, the mind will always appropriate these experiences as well. So, right. um, so you know, there, there was this, like, I was, I was 
terribly unprepared for the experience. So I got, I got this glimpse of, um, you know, the truth of, of what we are. But then my mind, you know, immediately came back and um, tried to take ownership of it and, and tried to, uh, um, you know, thought, thought that the being that, um, you know, had experienced itself as this universe, you know, right. was, was it, was, was, you know, the awareness was still entangled with this, this limited self-structure. So, um, so for many years, um, you know, I, I didn't have um, another samadhi experience for many years okay. because I, I, I realized, I, you know, now in retrospect, when I look back, I know, you know, my mind, when I would go to meditate, um, my mind was trying to replicate that. And even though the, the teacher would say, um, you know, forget the experience, just stay in the moment, have beginner's mind, but there's, there's something subtle you know, in, in the unconscious, I think, um, where, you know, it's like I'd had the, you know, like the, when you're in that state, it's, it's everything. Right. You're, you're, you're complete, you know, it's like you do anything to get back to that state. Yeah. So, um, so there's, uh, you know, a subtle part of the unconscious, I think, that was always hoping or always wanting that to happen in the meditation. Mm-hmm. And so, so it wasn't until many years later um, when I started to get into the non-dual teachings and Zen um, and I, I started to realize the emptiness of all these, the levels of the self-structure, I, um, I realized there's this, um, you know, awareness, this fundamental awareness or, or presence, which is the ground of our being. And, and that is, um, you know, when we rest as that awareness, mm-hmm. um, that is the samadhi that doesn't come and go. Um, there's, there's the samadhi that, you know, is the, this changing, you know, we lose the state and we, we have these merging experiences and all of that. Yeah. But, um, but this ever-present awareness um, can be aware of itself. And, and it, it's what is watching all these states come and go. Yeah, you know, it's like the the container. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I think we got, we got so deep into it before before we get deep into um, samadhi, and mm-hmm. I wanted to, to also mention the two documentaries that I saw. The first one was Outer Worlds, Inner Worlds, and then Samadhi, which are, are amazing. But before we get deep into those messages, which are, are amazing, I wanted you to share so. How did your life differ? Like, I mean, I know you mentioned that you had ailments, you had pain, you were, you know, your body was going through a lot of trauma um, mm-hmm. before the, um, the first um, retreat. But before, okay, so can you describe a little bit how that first experience, how your life was before, and then your life right after, immediately after that experience? Mm. Well, it, it took a long time um, to, you know, for the, the physical symptoms and the, you know, like the, the diabetes, the rheumatoid arthritis, there were, there were a lot of pieces of the puzzle that had to come together. You know, I explored so many things to, to heal. Like it probably took about two years after that experience okay. to, get, to get to a point where I was, I was, I was more or less a functional human being again, you know, cause okay. I, at that point I was uh, out of it. But, um, so like immediately after I would say, um, you know, I, I came out of it just with a profound sense of not knowing what the heck happened to okay. me. 
you know, I, I, I felt, um, yeah, just kind of disoriented, kind of lost. Um, and, um, but, but a profound like energy, like something new came to life in me yes. uh, because the, the energy had moved out of its own, its old pattern. So okay. I think, um, to me, uh, like if I had to try and describe what was happening, I think, you know, it took about two years for, for a new wiring to kind of establish itself. And during that time, um, you know, that, that energy has its own kind of intelligence. So I was connecting to all these different things. I got into Ayurvedic medicine. Um, I got a, you know, a flotation tank to help with the rheumatoid arthritis. So I was floating in magnesium salt and all these, these different things. Um, uh, I explored almost every type of diet, every, you know, di different things to try and give the body what it needed. Right. And, um, and the meditation itself, I think was, a you know, I, I started a really, um, rigorous practice of meditating every day as well, mm -hmm. um, connecting to nature. So, you know, I, so on the physical level, I, I'd been living in Toronto, Okay. This time I, I moved out into nature, you know, closer to nature anyway at this time. I got a little, a, a tiny little place um, that was near this beautiful forest. And, okay. and um, so I started going for walks. And, um, you know, I, I would say that, like the biggest thing that um, probably, um, you know, brought my energy back to life was actually music. Um, I was creating music at that time as well and um so that that was kind of i didn't have a lot of joy you know i think that was part of why my spirit was sick why i was dying I, I didn't have a lot of joy in my life so the music at that time was what gave me joy and um i think it started to bring me back to life you know okay so in, in like a two-year period of time after that first awakening moment um, you cured yourself holistically, naturally, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes, and any, was there any other ailments? Um, you know, it was just a huge pattern of my, my body just didn't want to take in food. Okay. Just, so I had to figure out what my body wanted and how to feed myself. And, and um, so I had a, a lot of um, food issues, you know, like just... I don't know if you want to call them allergies or, you know, just things I couldn't right. talk in my system. Right. So there, to me, it was, um, you know, the process was like a real fine tuning. I had to figure out exactly what, what the body wanted. What worked. And everybody's body works differently. So I always say, I recently, I'm like not 100% <laughs> uh, low-carb vegan, but I am mainly low-carb vegan. And I find that works well for my body. And uh, I think it. I've been not as good to my healthy eating plan that I know I should be. But, um, but I always say to people, it's what feels good, you know, and I know that feels so exactly. You have to listen to your body because your body mm -hmm. will tell you what feels good. But yeah, I've myself, myself personally, uh, the only ailment, really serious ailment I ever had was severe migraines. And I actually, many years ago, I would say this is over 10, maybe 15 years ago, um, I was listening to, uh, I was finding out on YouTube and other places to drink more water when you have migraines and to start meditating. 
And so that's what I did. And after about a two-week period of time, I had I never had another migraine. I mean, I used to have severe migraines two or three times a month. And after just drinking a lot of water and meditating for two weeks, not another migraine. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And and so interesting. I have a friend who is um, dealing with migraines and, um, you know, people deal with them in different ways. And, um, you know, for her, what's working is um, cold, you know, like doing, um, she's doing kind of like the Wim Hof method of, um, you know, breathing and then exposing herself to cold showers and cold plunges. And, okay. And as long as she does that, um, she's, she's fine. And, huh? and um, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting, you know, uh, the, the, uh, like with diet for me, you know, I was looking at all these different diets out there and, you know, and some people are saying, you know, the, the low carb, you know, diet is the way to go. Some people are saying high carb, but, you know, the macrobiotic diet is the way to go. And, and other people are saying, no, that almost killed me. And, you know, so there, it's like literally one person's, you know, it's- healing diet is another person's poison. Yeah. Just you never know. So it, it is. It's a process of investigation. It's so true because we are. When I think of that, we are one, but we are all unique. We're we're unique aspects of God. You know, we're all connected, and that uniqueness is what makes it different. Like what's good for my body may not be good for another person's body. So that's why it's like you have to really listen to your body. And for me, after that experience of healing myself from migraines holistically i'm now completely holistic i'm like mm-hmm. i don't even take an i wouldn't i wouldn't even take an aspirin or you know i'm totally completely holistic i know that my body can heal itself and if anything ails me i'm going to look towards nature towards natural healing i'm i want nothing to do with western medicine mm-hmm. and i know i know that western medicine has for me i think the only Good thing with Western medicine is trauma. And, you know, if you're in a car accident and you have a broken bone, you need, you need to go take care of that West, with Western medicine. But as far as keeping us healthy, Western medicine it totally gets an F in that. And, I, and it's almost like uh, Western medicine, the pharmaceutical companies, which is Food and Drug Administration, which are in bed together, like they feed us the junk. So we can stay on the medication. It's just a, a vicious cycle. And what kind of, it's so obvious. I mean, a person doesn't have to be into healthy eating to see the obvious connection to eat bad food and the drug, um, you know, taking drugs, and staying on drugs for the rest of your life. You know, that connection is, to me, a, a no-brainer. It's so mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I think, um, you know, I, I've, um, like when, when I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, I, w- I was told I had to go on insulin for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, I started, uh, luckily I had a, a naturopath who, who was really good. And, um, and I just thought, you know, maybe I'll explore some of these other options, you know, cause I didn't really like that particular option. It didn't, yeah you know, it didn't seem like a good one. So, um, so I thought, you know, why not see just what is out there? And so I got into Ayurvedic medicine and, 
you know, they, they distinguish 21 or something like that, different types of diabetes, all based on your dosha, your unique body type. Okay. And, and it was, it was amazing. Um, you know, there were particular herbs that I could take that would help um, my pancreas and um, would stop the autoimmune reaction that was happening in my body. And um, that was just something that wasn't on the radar of uh, Western medicine. So, um, you know, so I haven't been in, in a doctor's office in over 20 years. And, um, but I, I agree with you, like there is a place for it as well. You know, if my, my, if I need my appendix out, I'm not going to turn to the herbalist for that. (laughs) Maybe it's uh, a broken bone mended yeah so yeah they they have their place but um yeah i just and it to me it was all instinctive meaning it was my higher self that guided me in in my healing and like i said the only major issue i ever had was was the migraine and it was just my higher self said try this you know and Mm -hmm. i i listened not even knowing at the time that it was me listening to my higher self, you know? mm-hmm. just it was in, in, instinctive. Mm-hmm. So That's now, yes. so now, tell us about because now you you um, um, produce these amazing films that are free on YouTube, which I think is great. I love sharing everything, this kind of information, freely to the world. Um, please tell us about, and you have a center up in Canada, so please tell us about those things sure okay so um yeah right now the films i'm i'm creating it creating them with my partner tanya mm-hmm. um, so, so the two of us are the production team basically and um we're um we we get um you know sometimes artwork and and beautiful music from from um different different artists as well and people yes. have um donated amazing things to these films um, so, um, you know, it's really, it's coming, they're coming out of our own exploration and, uh, the meditation center that we have, you know, people come for, um, meditation retreats and we get to be part of people's journeys. We get, get to be part of their, their unfolding exploration. Yeah. And so for me, it's like being in school, you know, mm-hmm. I'm learning so much, um, from watching and, and being part of that process um, as people go through it. And, um, you know, people are very different. So yes. we, we start to see what um, the challenges are on the path and, um, you know, different, different patterns start to emerge and we start to be able to, um, you know, make sense of, of what it is that's actually happening, you know, like what, what is really happening when, when someone is, is engaging in meditation and has an intention to to awaken and um, and uh, you know what are the hindrances and the, the challenges that, that come from that so um, so our first samadhi film um, like inner worlds outer worlds I actually it, I created that with my ex-wife originally so um, it was the two of us originally um, and then my, my path led in a different direction yes. um, and then um, so the samadhi films, um, like the first one, is really going into um, what 
you know, why, why is not even a thing? Like what, you know, what, what's, what have we lost in our world? And, and, um, you know, talking about the matrix, how people get caught in this, this life that's, it's robotic condition. And, um, you know, so, so talking about why we need Samadhi, the second one was, um, you know, really what it is and using analogies of, of, um, you know, just being able to talk about it from the perspective of different traditions. Yeah. And the next one I'm really excited about because it's going into how it's going into the practical aspect of how to um, um, implement a practice. Yeah. And um, it's going to be, um, you know, talking, it's, it's very, it's so tricky to talk about um, the how, because there, there are aspects of the path that are, um, you, you know, that we can, we can know, you know, we, the, the great sages and teachers throughout history have, have written books and, or, you know, they, they convey things that we can know. Um, but, um, but there are also things that, um, have, have to be uncovered, you know, so there, 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 it's what we know, what we, we can potentially know and uncover. And then there are things that, um, are unknowable and inherently unknowable. Um, so there, there's a limitation to the mind. Um, uh, so um, part of the um, the next film is just be, trying to be clear about about those different things and you know and you know what what can be used like the techniques. What is the place of meditation techniques and um, you know and what what's the place of um, self-inquiry and, and, um, you know, letting go of those techniques and, and being in a sort of choiceless awareness and allowing oneself to move beyond the conditioned mind. Um, so, um, so I'm really excited about that. And, uh, the awaken the world website, um, is going, we're, this next film is, is going to be part of a larger initiative to, um, have, have self-directed, um, uh, sort of meditation retreats that you can use through that site. All the materials will be there. And um, what we want to do is, um, you know, have a live component where we actually want to use Zoom conferencing to yeah. uh, to um, connect with people. And so we'll be kind of hosting um, live meditation retreats with, awesome. with people. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love how you said, because the how, the how to, I, I love how you, I like what you said because, kind of similar to like what I was saying about the healing and how our bodies are, we're so, we're such a unique aspects of the divine that we uniquely, we're each on a different path that our soul is directing and, and our how can vary in so many different ways, but it does come. I was, I was, when I um, first listened to the first part of Samadhi, first one, you said um, you can't really label or you can't really put a, a meaning to samadhi. But then towards the end of the second one, the closest meaning that I heard was oneness. And I like when you said what well, I was like, yes, because I, for me personally, I just, everything I've studied, it was the oneness that everything came back down to. And so I try on my show, I try to keep it simple. Because a lot of people can say, oh, this is all com- so confusing. Quantum physics is confusing. Spirituality, metaphysics, all of this stuff, they can say they feel is 
can be, can be confusing. But when I awoken to the truth of oneness, to me it was very a very simple truth that everything is connected and interdependent. We are not separate beings. Matter of fact, it was um, Lynn McTaggart. I don't know if you're familiar. The, the film I was watching was What the Bleep. Mm-hmm. And in What the Bleep, um, the uh, Lynn McTaggart made one sentence. Now, her one sentence was, the biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness. And when she said that, like your like your samadhi first awakening, like your awakening, that was my awakening. Just that one simple sentence. Something inside of me woke up and said, yeah, that's the truth. There is no separation. You're not separated from the planet. We're not separated from each other. We're not separated from God. God, I use the term all that is. Because, you know, God, you know, I say God slash all that is. Because there is nothing but God. And I said, that's a simple message to understand. You don't have to be a quantum physicist. You don't have to be a scientist to understand that. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't, it, under, if you can understand that there is nothing separate, that we're all connected, we're all one, we all affect, that other person is not separate from you. Yeah. The other person is an aspect of you. So, yeah. yeah, and you, you don't, you know, even even the limited mind, um, you know, is a barrier. Like the, the limited mind is the ego structure yes. you know, that, that keeps us separate. Yes. So it's, you know, you don't even need a mind to perceive, a limited mind to perceive that. You yes. know, it's actually the, you know, the stripping away, like in, in my, my experience, you know, in, in whether it's in meditation or in, in day-to-day life in, interacting with people, the more I can kind of get myself out of the way, yeah. you know, the self is, is the barrier. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's I, to me like about watching our patterns, you know, watching this Dan pattern and, and just, you know, noticing when, when it's involved and, and just dropping it. You know? Yes, yes, yes. I do the same. I, I, I notice when a thought is from the ego mind. And then I realize the ego has a place. Just like we were saying, Western medicine has its place. Mm-hmm. The ego has a place. It's, it's there for a reason. Um, it's actually going back to caveman days. It, it's flight of flight. Flight or fr- what is it? You know what I'm flight talking about? Yes. That, <laughs> that comes from the ego to protect our body. Our ego is has that um, duty. It's put. It's supposed to keep our body alive, which is we're not our body. We have a body, and while we have it, we want to take care of it. And so the ego's job is to help take care of the body. But when it comes to the higher realm, it's our higher consciousness that we want to tap into. So the ego should take a back seat and not be in the driver's seat. But ninety nine percent of humanity is letting the ego be in the driver's seat the great passenger but not a great driver yeah yeah that's that's the the ancient teachings say you know it you know the yeah the self-structure makes a a good servant um but a poor master you know the the same thing yeah yeah it reminds me of the um uh, the chariot analogy in in the Bhagavad Gita, 
they have um, you know the the chariot is you know has five horses and and the horses represent the five senses and um, you know the, the horses can be pulling the chariot here and there and um, you know but the the intellect the higher intellect is the the charioteer who has to has to learn to manage all of these these different aspects of the self and, and kind of get them all in balance and and it's it's not about killing the horses or getting rid of the horses exactly. you need the horses they're they're the the power that moves the, the whole thing around but but you have to learn to you have to navigate them you can't let the horse lead you, you yeah yeah and train them you know it yeah, is like you're, you're literally yeah. training them my my teacher uh, nico would he, he talked about the little bosses that we have inside of us and yeah. it was mentioned in the films and um you know, so we have to get to know them and get to know these different parts of ourself. And, um, you know, and, and it's like training an animal, you know, it's like having, having pets, you know, you can, there, there's a little, a little dam that, uh, you know, loves his, his food that's, you know, like treats and chocolates and, and it's, it's fine. You know, I can, I can, I can give him this little treat, but if he gets too many treats, he, he, he gets a of problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it it is. Yeah. It's you know. It's like uh, having pets inside of us. Yes, yes. And this is true though. But when I when I think of one as two, I I agree with you a thousand percent. It's not about getting rid of anything because it's all a part of the one. There is nothing. There is nothing outside of the one. So meaning, when we try to push something away and try to get rid of something that that actually it actually comes back um stronger when you yeah. push against something and this is like universal law when you push against it it actually comes back stronger because you can't get rid of anything it has its place it's yeah. just about finding its place and letting it have that space and and allowing it you know to be okay this is what you're good for that's your job okay ego this is what you're good for that's your job but uh, the daily taking, making big decisions in your life, I leave that up to the higher self, which is just kind of quieting that ego mind and listening, because the higher self is always guiding you, whether we're listening or not. It's it's always guiding you. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, to me, like when you know, speaking about what we what we can know and what we can't know. You know all of these these meditation techniques and these these tools we have on the spiritual path. To me, you know, they they can be useful to get us to a point where where we we get that connection to the higher self. But then, you know, once once we get that connection, that becomes our our teacher. You know, it's like to me, all of this stuff, all of the spiritual apparatus and things that we learn with the lower mind. Yeah. You know, once once we get to that point where, where we're you know connected to that source yeah. you know, we receive our instructions from there yes. um so so you know at a certain point um you know there's there is a not knowing it within the self you know we we connect to the source and we wait for the next instructions exactly exactly and i think that's a um i think like when you had your awakening that changed the whole course of your life same thing with me when i had my awakening it just changes the course of your life for me 
I want it like everyone to get it. I'm like, I get it. Why can't everybody get this? But it, then I had to understand everybody's on their own unique path and I have to honor everybody's path because that that's what, when you understand that other person's really not separate from you, you're on their unique journey, you just have to honor them. And that's how you, you just honor everyone. Doesn't mean you agree or want to do, you know, that's their path. But you honor yeah. them and you share and love. Because the yeah. answer is love. It's just doing everything in love. But yes, in, I, I think it's so important that when we, and I do find that when I meet people that are awake, because I, I, that's what I do on this show. I look, seek out, <laughs> meet people that are awakened to who they are and the truth of oneness and invite them to have a conversation for the world. Um, I feel like that everybody, when they do have that true awakening, they understand that and they, that they start to walk on their journey. And like I said, the, um, the, stepping, the steps are only, I find that spirit will only give me one step at a time. Being present in this now moment, listening to that guidance, follow that guidance step. Don't know where it's going to lead. But I know, for me, it's a knowing that wherever it leads, it's going to be good. It's all, it's all, because in truth, it's all good. It's, an, it's I like the matrix. I like the new terminology, the matrix. Yeah. For me, I know, is a dream. A ma this matrix is a dream of my own creation. So it's not happening to me, it's happening through me. Mm -hmm. And if I want to see change in the dream, the change has to first start with me. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And um, yeah, and you know, when I when something happens in, in the dream, in the matrix, like, you know, it, I love what you just said, you know, it's not happening to me, you know, it's, it's actually happening for me. You know, like these, these things are, are teaching, you know, so whatever, whatever comes, you know, it's, it's, it's like, um, like that poem from Rumi, you know, the guest house, like all these different guests are showing up in my house, you know, and some of them, you know, I, I may have preference of this or that, but I, I accept them all in, you know, I, I allow them to, to be as they are. And and I and I the truth is you know the the ones they they might seem like un, unhappy guests or you know the ones that are going to steal all my stuff but they might be cleaning me out you know so that the next thing can come yes so we we accept everything we yeah. we accept yes. and and I think you know the higher the higher mind is about um, um, you know seeing from that perspective that everything is a teaching everything is happening for me in every moment yes 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 i i like that too i say happening through me and for me i like that because i know everything that happens happens for my highest good yeah everything yeah mm -hmm. and so i you know and for me it's a knowing and i say to everyone on the show i'm just sure what is true for me but it's up to each of us to find go within and tap into our own truth so I, I, I say, don't, I'm just sharing what's true for me. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a guru. I'm just following my truth, honoring my path. And I just encourage everybody to do the same, you know, from here, from this perspective. But that is awesome. I hope to hear soon. I hope to get to a chance to visit with you. Tell us about your retreat. 
Sure. Okay. So we're we're located in Canada, kind of um, in the middle of nowhere, um, in in kind of a pine forest area. Um, so it's between Toronto and Ottawa, two of the main cities in Ontario. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, so the the retreats. Um, you know, really, like I've, I've explored the Vipassana tradition, Buddhist tradition, also Zen, um, and um, some of the yogic traditions as well. And um, so I, I've kind of, you know, these, these retreats, they're, they're kind of alive. They're still growing, still evolving. Yeah. And, but but um, really, you know, what we're doing there is, um, you know, the, the traditional kind of meditation the purification of the self structure yeah. so um so so what's happening at those retreats like the the ones um, the ones that are really um most transformative are the 10 day retreats that okay. um, you know because they're they're the longest period but um essentially what people are doing at these retreats is um just a lot of meditation where we we stop um, reacting, so we learn to to really surrender inside, and um, and uh, it's, it starts to purify us. You know, in the Buddhism, they talk about um, sankharas or the conditioned patterns, these robotic patterns. Yeah, and it's you know the, the self structure is always wanting pleasure or avoiding pain. You know, it wants to be comfortable. It wants to be you know all of its little things. Um, so we're we're getting people out of that pattern, the usual self structure pattern, yeah. and and they just sit, you know, just sit and and um, stop reacting, stop the preferences, and bit by bit the energy becomes free from that condition self structure, and um, you know, and it's to me it's it's like doing surgery, it's yeah. like um, you know it's like a deep purification process. Um, you know, it, you come you come face to face with your self, with your your pain, your your you know whatever's whatever's hidden in the unconscious. Yeah. All these things start to come up, and um, you just let it come up. You know, it's like the like it's it is like surgery where you you're, you're lancing a wound and the, the pus comes out. You know, it's like uh, so. Um, you know, and, and my job and Tanya's job in that process, um, we we just, uh, you know, we, I, I don't see myself as a teacher or anything. You know, I just, I this is my path. This is my, my passion to, to be part of this. Um, so I, you know, all I do is basically when, when people start to um, get off track, I just keep pointing them back. Right, right. Back I, exactly. And I keep pointing, I think the the best teacher or guru what they do is point you back to yourself all the great masters always pointed you back to yourself because that's where the answers truly do lie i mean others can the outer world is really a dream of your own creation so everybody in the outer world is just in your dream and 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 the dream the solution can't be found in the dream the solution is found within where the dream is coming from, which is yeah, exactly, and yeah. moving. So yeah, a big part of what we do at the retreats is, um, uh, you know, we start to observe the mind and senses, you know, which is the 
this is the filter or the reducing valve. You know, I, I love um, Aldous Huxley described it uh, like a reducing valve. Yeah. So, so we start to turn away from the objects of the senses, you know, so the things that we see, images, sounds, thoughts, you know, all of these things. And, and, um, and we turn towards awareness itself and, um, mm-hmm. and the, the energy um, starts to, um, you know, in Taoism, they say energy follows consciousness. Yes. So, um, you know, if we're just resting in consciousness, the energy um, becomes present, comes out of these conditioned patterns. And there's this, this process of um, different, different levels, different, different, different kind of um, stripping aways or dropping aways of yes. mind. So people will, you know, it's like the mind, part of the mind will drop away and all of a sudden people will experience you know a, a bit more peace or you know it's all it's like you suddenly become present yes. um but then you, you realize the next level of mind is it becomes apparent and then you deal with the next thing and there, there's these dropping ways that, that gradually happen until um you know they they say um in the ancient teachings be still and know you know eventually we come to that that still point um which is, you know, the unfathomable, which, you know, it, it's to me, that's what's drawing us, you know, people show up at these retreats sometimes and they, they don't even know really why they came. They, they saw the films or something in them was stirring. And um, to me, it's that, that stillness, that unfathomable is, is, you know, that is the awakeness. That's the, that's what's drawing us. Yes. Um, and uh, it's, it's mysterious, you know. It's the same thing that brought you to your first retreat 20 years ago. That's the same thing that's bringing them. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and it's so true that what you said about the stripping away, when, I, when, when you were speaking about the different people that come to the retreat and how different um, layers are stripping away, I started thinking globally that's what's happening in humanity as a whole i mean there's a lot going on in um consciousness and humanity's consciousness now because humanity as a whole is awakening and it has to go through um the yuck in the muck because yeah yeah it has to transform that so that's yeah. what's going that's what's happening i believe globally to the world today we are humanity yeah. up and so it's gonna it's gonna look really yucky until it's all cleared out oh yeah yeah i I think every every birthing process looks kind of horrific and uh and uh yeah and i think you're i that's exactly true i think that the two go hand in hand you know like they in in buddhism they say the the lotus of awakening grows out of the mud i'm sorry you know so without the mud there's no lotus right so um, yeah. the, the two the two go together, and if we can see it that way, um, yeah. you know that like from the higher mind's perspective, that's that's just how it is. That's yeah. just you know this is this is the poetry that's being written right now. And um, you know when when we're down in the weeds, we, we you know sometimes we, we don't want to be in the mud. We want right. to be the lotus, but uh, right, right. Like, you know there's a, an element of. Um, patience i guess that yeah. has to be there or or you know that knowing yes. of, of what transformation is is happening exactly and another great analogy is the, the 
the butterfly when it's a um, cocoon in the cocoon state. Yeah. Where it, you know, opens up and then it's a beautiful butterfly. So it's the cat yeah. caterpillar. So we've been caterpillars on the ground for a long time, but now I think we're in that cocoon state where when yeah. we open up, we're going to be this beautiful butterfly. That's a, another, yeah. I think, beautiful analogy as to what humanity is going through. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a great one. And um, I heard another teacher use that analogy, and he yeah. said uh, it was uh, I think it was Adyashanti. Um, he, he said uh, you know like when you're when you're that caterpillar in the cocoon, and and you you actually realize what's happening. It's yeah. like you you uh, it's like oh I, I don't I don't really want to be I don't want to dissolve you know I don't want to become a butterfly I just want to be a caterpillar with wings. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> you yes. Know? yes 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 yes. So, so it's a, it's a from the the self structure's point of view it's it's scary you know because there it's it is there is this sort of dissolving dying process you know in the film I, I talked about dying before you die yes and, um you know there's that there's many levels or many ways that sort of enacts in our lives you know even on the meditation cushion if mm -hmm. you sit for a long period of time there is there is a small death that happens mm -hmm. inside and sort of inner alchemy and transformation happens yes mm -hmm. and and i love the 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 know thyself or, or know, um, be still and know that I am God. I love that because when we understand that it's literal, meaning we are tiny aspects of God. And so when you're still and you know that, then, then that kind of, when you're, it's a knowing and it has to be an inner knowing because that's the only way to um, get a, put away fear. When there's an inner knowing, I know that I'm creating this new God. Nothing can harm me. And death is just a transition. We call it death, but it's just a transition to, yeah. you know, the next stage. And so when you when you know that, you have no fear. So that's the, that's, you know, so I, I always try to, when I share it, I try to keep it on a sim very simplistic level that everybody when they really think about it, hmm, you know, that, that seems like, that seems right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that, that knowing, um, you know, it's so, it's like the, you know, the limited mind, you know, we, there, there's an aspect to that, that we can yeah. grasp the mind, like we can understand, you know, from a scientific perspective, there, there are all these different ways that everything is one, everything is connected. Yes. You know, there's the intellectual knowing, but then there's there's you know the knowing beyond the mind like it's it's not it's not intellectual knowing it's you become the knowing or you know there's there's an awakening yes as that you know so literally you are that you know so it's it's not that you just know that you are everyone else like when you're in like in the samadhi state yes you literally are you know your consciousness is everything it's it's the chair it's the computer it's it's yes. you you know everyone you meet is is that and um and that's a, a direct 
knowing that um, you know people who haven't had that experience, you know, they sometimes think you know it's it's just more information for the mind. But there, there's something that gives way. There's something you know when 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 that awakening happens, it's yeah. you literally know that you are everything. And, and in, in that state, you know, you, you don't have to, when somebody's in that state, you don't have to tell them to be compassionate. There's no morality anymore because mm-hmm. if yeah. you're some, if you are everyone, yes. you, you don't need morality. You just are, you just, are, you know, you, I, I would put food in somebody else's mouth as much as my own mouth. So, yeah. yes. you know, yes, I, I, I get you and I'm smiling because I love the, how you just described it because I've tried, words are so limiting. Um, and, and I've tried to explain to people exactly what you just described. That's what happened to me. I always say, when I awoken to the truth of oneness, it was not intellectual. It wasn't, oh, I get it, intellectually. It was inside, something literally woke up inside of me. And I went, yeah. Get this, and everything, everything that I questioned before that moment, I, the answers were so clear to me. And it's so hard to describe that to people, but you described it so beautifully. So that's why I'm just like, oh, I love how he just described that. But it's so true. And it is, it's like when you truly awaken to oneness, there is no, there's no judgment, there is nothing but unconditional love because you know that everything is just you loving you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I don't know much about your, your own awakening experience. So oh. what, can you oh. tell me a little bit about sure. that? Or? Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I had been studying spirituality off and on for many years, for over 30 years. Um, um, metaphysics and spirituality. I still was like, I, I like it. It sounds good, but I don't get it. It was actually, um, I think I did share it, but you might have missed it. When I watched the movie, What the Bleep, which was a quantum, um, about quantum physics, it was that one statement from Lynn McTaggart. Oh, I see. Okay. That yeah. was my way to it. Okay. There was one statement, and I watched the entire film several times, but it was that one statement that woke me up. That the biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness. Yeah. Like, and that was, and I, and I say that to people, and they're like, hmm, yeah, that sounds good. I'm like, no, it wasn't a sound good moment for me. It yeah. was an awakening moment for me. It truly was. Something yeah. inside, it wasn't intellectual, it was within my soul. Mm-hmm. Was, that was my awakening moment. Mm. that's amazing and you know i've I've, um run into different people you know people sometimes their their awakening moments you know like for for tanya she had a uh an awakening i I was doing a a 40-day retreat and she was part of it um doing meditation every day and she had a uh, this amazing awakening experience and and um you know but hers was um she she had you know one of the things we we talk about with the practice the technique is the techniques are like a thorn to remove a thorn yes. and her her realization was you know all of a sudden it was like a eureka moment she 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 realized there is no thorn 
And, you know, and it was, you know, like if you try and convey that to somebody in words, they just kind of look at you and go, okay, there is no thorn, you know, but, you know, so whatever we say with the words, like, you know, it's not that direct experience. You know, I, I had an awakening experience one time and I was, I was trying to convey it. I really, you know, you, I think you described the same thing. It's like you wanted, you know, like, why can't everybody experience this? And, and I, I was, Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was going up to people, and you know, I'd been doing self inquiry, and and I realized, you know, my awareness is is it. I am I'm you know I, I was saying things like I'm the one I've been looking for, yes. you know, and 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 so I was I was going up to people and and just saying, you know, it's you, it's all you. You're the one you're you've been looking for. And, and, and they're just like kind of backing away slowly and going, okay, you're, this guy's crazy. And, and I realized like there's nothing, there's nothing I can do to convey that. People have to go through that process, that, that stripping away or what, whatever it is that, that is happening inside. That is so true. It is like it's an exper- experiential moment that they have to have to understand they won't understand because I said to a lady at the gas station one time, "You're just another me," and she looked at me like I'm crazy. So yeah, <laughs> it, it, it yeah. truly is. It truly is. But then I was awakened. Um, my son transitioned. Um, it'll be five years. Five years, July first. It was too amazing to me that it's been that long. But when my son transitioned. Um, six months after his transition is when Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and inspired me to launch this show, this, this podcast. And Spirit gave me the name, Awake to Oneness. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep the mission in the name of the show. So it, I want to awaken because I truly, truly, truly believe that when mankind knows, knows that simple truth, of oneness that we are all one we all it not only will it put it into war it'll put it into war crime poverty it'll solve all of man humanity's problems in one knowing knowing that we yeah. are yes yeah i agree i i think um you know i love what tolstoy said um you know the uh you know most people they they want to change the world but no one wants to change themselves, you know? And when, when we let go of the limited self, you know, and we, we realize that oneness, that's it. Like then, you know, then we're prepared to go into the world and make those connections. And, and um, you know, but until we do, do that, until we strip away, you know, if we're just acting from the little me, you know, the little limited ego trying to fix things in the world, um, then um, we're just going to create more problems. So, um, you know, I think it is, you know, that that knowing, you know, that direct operating from that place of of awareness, you know, that's the sword that that cuts through everything. It, it's it literally, you know, changes all every every problem in the world um, if we start to act from that place. Um, you know, at, at the at least we're not going to mess things up more. You know, we can start to come back into alignment with, with nature and with the Tao. And, um, well, Gandhi, um, so, yeah, I totally agree. Gandhi was so accurate and he knew that it was the outer world came from within us 
And that's why he said, be the change. So it's not about the doing. It's about the being. So my mode of operation is I have to be first. I have to quiet my mind and be peace. I have to be love. And then from that beingness, do. So a lot of people are trying yeah. to do, 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 do in the world, to change and fix. And, and we, have, we have war against, and even the, our language, we have war against crime. We have war against drugs. We have war. Even our language is war. It's fight, fighting again. So war just brings on more war. <laughs> it doesn't help the situation. That war, that energy, everything is energy. So if you're always, your energy is, I'm going to, pound this into submission that in that in that yeah. fighting energy is just going to bring on more fighting energy but peace and love the only yeah. way to bring peace and love into the world is to put the peace and love into this world so yeah it's the be gandhi said it it's so simple be the change you want to see and and in the yeah. world. and then from that being from that quiet beingness, that's where you want to act from, but not act mm-hmm. and then try to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, the, the whole fighting for peace is so absurd. You yeah, know? it's um, yeah, yeah. You express that perfectly. Yes. Mm-hmm. This now tell 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 us more about your new film, your next film when it might be released and give us all the good juice. <laughs> okay, um, sure. So, um, you know, it's still, I, I never like to give dates because I'm always wrong. No, that's it always okay. uh, seems, and, and it, it's, yeah, so, um, but it, it's, it's in the works. And, um, you know, we're, this, this one is going to be really, um, you know, like a lot of the, uh, the perennial philosophy is going to be in there. So we're not just going to show, um, you know, one tradition's way of, um, you know, practice or, or sadhana, you know, purification. But we're going to show, you know, how, how um, you know, Christianity did it, how Sufism did it, how Hinduism did it, how, how um, you know, all, all the different traditions and, and try to get to the, the root of, of um, and, and incorporating um, science as well as much as we can. You know, there, there are some amazing studies that are, are being done, um, you know, because this, this purification process, this is, this is sort of the, you know, working with the mind aspect and working with this human development um, process. Um, so the, the, this part of it, we can we can address it through science. We can we can know, you know, what's happening in the mind and the the default and mode network and all of that. Um, so so that's what we're going to be exploring, and then simultaneously we're going to be pointing beyond all of that um, to to the unfathomable, to to the you know the actual non-dual awakened state itself, which is always beyond that. So, um, so it's like, you know, we're, we're working in kind of two dimensions, you know, and to me that like the language I use in the film, it's like, um, you know, there's awakening, um, which happens now, you know, you realize the ever present awareness that is in everything, but, um, but 
we we lose it. We lose that awareness. You know, we the conditioned pattern matrix, all of that comes back. Um, so we we have to continue this development process. This this we have to be vigilant to um, to stay um, open. You know, um, to allow that awareness to shine through in our lives. Um, so so that in a nutshell is really what the film is about. And um, and we're still exploring. We're we're finding ways to convey that and, um, and analogies and uh, um, you know so um, so there there's there's a lot um, being explored right now um, and um, yeah you know like one of the one of the analogies is um, you know the 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 mind or the like the the awareness you know is is like the sun you know always shining it's ever present and and when we wake up. We, we realize it was always there. Yes. We've, we've been focused on the clouds, you know, we've been focused on, on, um, you know, and identified with the clouds, you know, and then we, we awaken and we realize, you know, it's not even that we have to find the sun behind the clouds. Like we always have been that we've been resting as that, that sun, yeah. you know? So, so part of this development process is, is working with, um, you know, being able to disidentify with the clouds, with the thoughts, with the, you know, whatever, whatever's obscuring this, yes. this true nature. Yes, that's true. It's ever present. And for me, and I say this all the time, my first awakening moment was the watching what the bleep in that, that one sentence. But for me, it's in every now moment. I have to awaken and awaken and awaken. I have to, to stay awake. Like you said, the matrix, this dream of my own creation seems very real, very dense. And, it, and I have to remind myself in every now moment who I am, who I truly am. And this is a dream of my own creation. And if I want to see change in the dream, I first have to start with change within me. So it's, and then I have to do that every moment. So it's a every now moment because all we have to me I, is the now. A lot of times we, we, we spend a lot of time with our mind in the past or the future and we ignore the now when living happens, experiencing and living happens here and now. And mm-hmm. for me, I tell people all the time, I have, it's, a, it's a here and now moment for me to remind myself, okay, yep. I'm awake. <laughs> in this moment, I have to be awake. Yeah. You know, no matter yeah. what's happening, I think of myself a lot of time, I have to be the eye of the storm. No, mm-hmm. no matter what's happening around me, I have to be still. I have to be the eye in the storm. Mm-hmm. I have to be that stillness. And then sometimes just step back and watch. Okay. Not react to it, but observe it. And then look, know that it's happening to my highest good. And, and when I know that, it, it, it'll come to me. Maybe not right away, but the good of it will eventually come. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. The, um, yeah, the, you know, the, the, the illusion, the identification, you know, is, is so persistent. It is. You know? It's uh, it's it's a very persistent illusion. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there it takes great vigilance to stay awake, you know. Yes. And we can it's it's easy easier to stay awake in certain 
situations and, you know, with certain people, but yeah. um, you know, with other people, um, you know, certain, certain people in my life are, you know, very challenging or, or you know, yeah. and old habit patterns want to creep back in. And um, so yeah. it, you know, it, I think the farther we go on the path, the more we can kind of inhabit all of this wiring and um, and you know when the consciousness is in it then we can we can be more free and, um, but it's like we get tested yes. you know, as we go and, and well, yeah. uh, we can put ourselves in the harder thing, situations from the from the spiritual perspective now because I always try to look from the from the spirit perspective perspective those difficult people are your greatest um the greatest people in your life yeah. <laughs> like why is this person in my life no that they're actually they're doing you the biggest service the most yeah. challenging people in your life are doing you the greatest service and it seems mm -hmm. so backward when you think of it from the human perspective but from the spiritual perspective we actually ask them in spirit to do what they're doing mm -hmm. we ask them to drive us crazy to help mm -hmm. us to stay away. <laughs> that's that's such an amazing. Um, you know, I at the meditation retreats, I sometimes talk about an experience I had with someone, and it, the biggest challenge in my life. This this person was was at one point suing me and trying to take my business, and and um, you know, and it was like three years of going into the legal system and um, caused incredible stress. And I, I talk about how this person was my greatest teacher. You know, he, he was like, I, I wouldn't have gone nearly as deep into meditation, um, you know, without him because I, I, I had to I, just to survive and to be, be able to um, find some peace and equanimity in the midst of that process. And, um, you know, it's, it, it is backwards. Like we, we think, you know, we just want to get away from the, these people or, or you know, these, these challenges, but right. these are the very things that, that can open us and, and make us stronger. So I, I agree. It's, you know, yes. if, if we can see these things as, as gifts yeah. rather than um, obstacles, then um, yeah. It's, it's, gifts that we are actually giving to ourselves, <laughs> but we don't see that. Uh, there's a great children's book. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with um, Neil Donald Walsh? The author of Conversations with God series. Yeah, yeah, I remember that yes, from yes. a long time back. Yes. But yeah, yes. yeah. Well, he actually wrote a children's book, and the title of it is "The Little Soul in the Sun." And actually, it's a children's book, and it's about how when we're in spirit, we actually ask other other souls to be mean to us when we go to Earth to help us remind us to help wake us up. To who we are, mm. so that it, it, in, a, in, a, in a children's story, it explains that those people that we think are our biggest challenge are our greatest blessings. Wow! Wow! That's wonderful. That's yes. um, I'll have to check that out because we're we're very interested um, in um, doing at some point after this next film, we want to do a film for kids. Actually, oh, awesome. Um, and okay. um, we're actually this this uh, summer we're we're um, we've done a few exploratory retreats, but um, we're doing our first full-on family retreat as well. Awesome. With, with, so oh. um, yeah, so that's neat. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's two books he wrote. The, um, two children's books that Neil Donald Walsh wrote was Little Soul in the Sun is the first one, and Little Soul Comes to Earth is the mm. second one. So you gotta mm. check them out. Matter of fact, I think on YouTube, he is actually reading, uh, Neil Donald Walsh is reading The Little Soul in the Sun. So oh, nice. I have a grandson, okay. so I have, a, I have both books for my grandson. Yeah, mm, great. That's a that's a good connection that's come from this interview. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I I love having you, and I definitely I do want to keep in touch. I I've never been to that part. Have I? I've been to Montreal. How far are you? I've been to Montreal many in the eighties. How far are you okay. to Montreal? Uh, we're it's a fair ways, maybe okay. six hours. Canada is a big place. <laughs> yeah, it's a big. It's pretty spread out here. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're welcome at the center anytime, and um, yeah, it would be great. Great to, love to meet you and Tanya. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. I oh, appreciate thank it. you for being my guest. This is amazing. And everybody, yeah. I will have links to your um, videos underneath this video. So everybody has, I share them all the time. Everybody has to watch um, Outer World, Inner World, and Samadhi. They have mm -hmm. to, it's just amazing. Such an awakening, awakening film. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank well, you. Thank you, Daniel. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I actually like Daniel. So thank you, Daniel. Daniel <laughs> yeah. calls me Daniel. I, I don't go by that name. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much and please give my love and thanks to Tanya for me thank you okay take okay. care okay. thank you take care bye -bye. all right bye bye